Welcome to the J2 Hub podcast, where we focus on everything from property development, hot entrepreneurially business topics, and real-life scenarios facing business owners just like you and I. Brought to you by James Sahota, we bring you exciting real-life property, business and entrepreneurially related hot topics, and that little bit more. Welcome, 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 and welcome to another episode of the J2 Hub podcast. Now, I've been a bit quiet for the last few weeks, and uh, that's um, down to me having some me time, you know, and that's absolutely fine. I just didn't fancy recording any podcasts, so I thought I'll have a little bit of a break like you do, but I'm now back in the podcast scene. Um, well, not the scene, but the podcast seat, and some of the things I'm going to be talking about over the next few weeks are construction related now i know a lot of yous have reached out to me or when you read my posts online you always say to me james that was a very very useful post i took great value from that um it really helped me and i can see that these are starting to help people because i'm getting just as many saves on instagram posts as i am likes and comments so that shows me that the reach on them is really really kind of broad that got me thinking And that led me to think, do you know what? I'm going to record a series of short podcasts that really help people along this kind of whole property journey. And I wanted to start, first of all, with um, actually deal sourcing. How are you finding your properties? The different ways to find property, the different ways to find deals, different avenues you can go down to find property. But before I get into that, I must tell you about our new networking event. It is the property event, and it is with the property duo, which is myself and that famous guy in the yellow t-shirt that you've probably seen everywhere. Doesn't like to put any gel in his hair, but you know, each to their own. So our networking event kicks off on the 20th of October. That is our first signature event. Now, just to give you some kind of um, background into how popular it's been, tickets were released. Um, I think me and Tej must have done a few story posts, nothing kind of um, hardcore in terms of advertising, and all 80 tickets were sold out within 12 hours or just a tad over 12 hours. Now, I did say to everybody, look, you need to get your tickets super quick because these are going to go very, very fast. And lo and behold, they did go very, very fast. And we're super excited about that. Apologies to everybody who's now reaching out and saying, oh, I can't get a ticket. I can't get a ticket. I would strongly advise you get on and you get yourself booked for the next event, which is going to have a live speaker. Um, because you know, we are limited to 80 people in this venue. This is a super, super sexy venue. It's beautiful the way it's been designed. I'm sure everybody's going to appreciate it. Um, but they do have a capacity of 80 people and they won't let us squeeze any more in. So make sure you are getting yourself on and booking yourself those tickets. Tickets can be bought at the propertyevent.co.uk. That's the propertyevent.co.uk. UK. Uh, we do have an annual membership for people that are going to join us kind of completely throughout the year. That way your spot is absolutely guaranteed each month um, and possibly even your seat. You know, you could find a seat you know, that you really like and stick your name on it and say, hey, that's my seat. But yeah, if you wanted an annual membership, again, just uh, reach out to us. I don't believe that's on the website just yet, but reach out to us and I'm sure we can sort that out. So that is the property event, which kicks off on the 20th of October with myself and Tej. Um, strongly advise you to get onto the website, get your tickets booked and get all the following dates that are coming up or the up and coming dates, get them stored in your calendar so you don't miss them. 
Also, just on the basis of that, we still have a few spaces left for our London flip course, which quick kicks off on the 6th and the 7th of November. Highly, highly recommended for anybody who's going into construction. It's going to be very, very in-depth. I can almost guarantee you the knowledge you take away from it is going to be tenfold what your investment is. And just remember the network that me and Ted are going to expose you to is going to be worth its weight in gold. Now, these are some of the same people that we use for um, our deals, same kind of the legal people, um, the people that help us with bridging, the people that help us with finance, um, will also be sharing our trades teams and some trade secrets. So if you're interested in that, please again do reach out to us and DM. Just to make it absolutely clear, this is a paid course and it is a substantial sum, so to say, but it is an investment in what you do. Anyway, lo and behold, let's get into today's podcast, which is all about finding the right deal. Now, I often ask, get asked the question, James, where are you finding your deals from? You know, how are you finding deals? Now, I don't think there's any right or wrong way or kind of, you know, any right or wrong answer to this question. Um, I'm a strong believer that if a deal has been listed on right move, that it's not really a deal anymore. But I know people would disagree with me on that, especially if you're looking up in northern cities or possibly somewhere in Wales like uh, like our friend Tej does. But I'm a strong believer that if a deal has come on to right move, it's probably been through an avenue of people. It's been um, in front of a set few number of eyes and it's not been the correct deal. Hence the reason why it's ended up there. Most agents, um, when I say agents, I mean estate agents, will have um, what we call like a preferred client list. So they may have investors that regularly buy from them. Now, why would an estate agent want to go through the pain of showing a deal to 10, 20 people when he could have, you know, this deal go out to three or four people that he knows regularly buy from him and that deal would be quite easily sold? So my opinion is if it's on right move, it's potentially not a deal. Now, on the back of that or on the opposite side of that, if you were looking into potential deals for HMOs, now, because you know they're higher cash flowing uh, models and higher cash flow strategy, uh, property projects, you may well find a deal on, on right move because you don't really need to be paying that much less than what it's listed for. Obviously, we spoke about this before. You lock in your profits when you're buying. So you want to get it at the right price, but that's not to say you wouldn't go on right move and find a potential deal that could be a HMO because you're not looking for something that's hugely, hugely, hugely discounted because your strategy is totally different. That is probably the only time I will look at right move. And the other time I will look at right move is when I'm looking for land deals because land deals are, you know, there's something that will sit for a long period of time before it's snapped up. Now, have I had success through right move? Yes and no. I would say the biggest success I've had through right move is seeing potential auction properties listed. Now, right move not only does properties that are listed with agents but it will also list properties that are going into auction which is good for you because it means you can carry on with your normal search criteria and you will see a property come up and it will give you details of when that property is going into auction so not only can you go onto auctioneers websites or auction or through auctioneers catalogs like they used to have in the olden days you know or in my time you'd have a shiny catalog arrive through in the post which will show you the lots going through um you know, you don't need to do that anymore because you can quite easily get those off the website. But Rightmove is a great tool in the sense that once uh, you've typed in your search criteria, 
it will show you stuff that's going into auction as well, as long as the auctioneer has listed it. So for that purpose, I think it's very, very good. Now, when you are on Rightmove, I would always say to you, you know, be very, very kind of cautious of the stuff you're looking for. Um, you're not necessarily going to find exactly what you want on there. You know, if you want the pick of the crop, I honestly feel that you have to spend some time creating some relationships with agents. Now, I'm going to use my example in this, in this kind of sense of going directly to the agents. Now, I was, I used to, um, invest in the Northeast. And when I was investing in the Northeast, I built up some relationships with agents. So basically what I did was when I knew what my search patch was, I kind of, um, went on to Google and I, um, searched the local agents in the area. So, who are the big dogs? Who are the guys in that area? And reach out to them and kind of compile a list of who the agents are in that area and, you know, make it your job to kind of go in and see these guys if you can or send out an email and introduce yourself to them. Now, you got to remember anybody coming through, actually, not anybody, but a lot of people that will be contacting these agents are going to be going in with the dialogue. Oh, Mr. Agent, I am a property investor. I do this. I do that. I'm looking for below market value deals and I want them at this price. And, um, this is what I want. You know, fresh off of a course, they think that's the best approach. I wouldn't always necessarily go like in that kind of direction or go with that kind of, um, mindset. Now, a lot of people don't actually ask agents how agents are doing. You know, I'd be inclined very much to find out how an agent is. Find out a little bit about the agent, you know. How often is somebody calling this agent and actually asking the agent, hey, Dave, how are you doing? How's your family? How are things? What's the area like? You know, build a bit of a rapport with this person. Don't just go in their guns blazing and saying, blah, 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 blah. This is what I'm looking for because they will have tons of calls like that. And they will probably just think, oh, here we go. Got another tosser on the phone who's fresh off of a property course and he's looking for below market value deals. So no, that's not how you build a relationship, but take time to build this relationship. Now, I always say you want to have a good seven or eight touch points before you give up on a relationship. Now, what I mean by touch points is I would schedule in um, calls or emails or actual times on when you're going to contact this agent. So let's say it's the 1st of November or the 1st of October and you contacted the agent. You know, you've contacted 12 different agents and you've got no reply whatsoever. What do you do? Do you give up? You know, I wouldn't give up. I would carry on. What I would tend to probably do is if I contacted them on the 1st, I might go in and contact them on the 10th. I might then go in and contact them on the 14th or the 20th, I'll have all these touch points set in my calendar. And if you're using the clever CRM system, like say HubSpot or something, you can even have schedulers. So you could have a scheduler set up to when you're going to contact them again. So if they don't reply in 10 days time, you're going to send the following email out to them. And that email can be all preset. It can all be there. You can have it loaded up onto your system. You don't even have to create work for yourself. Great thing about using something like a CRM system is you can see how many times your email's been opened by a particular agent, how much time are they spending on your email, and are they coming back to your email again and again. Once you know that they're engaged in the information you're sending them about yourself, it's a perfect time to pick up the phone and just say to them, hey, you know, how's it going? I sent you this email. I've not heard anything back from you. And then you can see if they're going to bullshit you or not because you already know through your CRM system that... Um, you know, you've taken time to understand uh, 
if these guys are actually reading your emails or going across, coming across the information that you sent and actually engaging with it. So that's one way of doing it. Because look, you got to remember, once you've built up a relationship with an agent, you are going to tend to get the cream of the crop, especially if they've got some nice, nice, juicy deals. You know, you got to remember, people are going to... There's, there's the old school people that will still go to the high street agent or go to someone they trust or someone their family's used or someone Doris has used down the road to sell her house, they're always going to go to speak to someone face-to-face. Now, what happens when an old person goes to speak to one of these estate agents? Chances are they've got quite a big house in quite a popular location because they bought it donkeys years ago. It's worth quite a lot of money. It might need a refurb. Now, if you've got a relationship with the agent and you've already told the agent this is the kind of product you're looking for, what do you think is going to happen? The agent's going to be calling you. And if you are deadly serious with the agent and you go to the extent like I did was giving them my solicitor's details, showing them that I had deposits ready and provisional mortgages ready, or if you're in the fortunate position of having cash in a bank, send them a bank statement and show them that, look, I am a serious player here. I'm not going to mess you around. Because when that nice juicy deal lands on his table, you can bet your bottom dollar that agent is going to be placing that deal to someone who can move quickly because he or she will not be getting their commission until that age until that deal has completely gone through and they don't want to be giving it to someone where it might be a little bit risky their mortgage might not get approved they might not get through with their finance etc etc things can get delayed they want to make sure it goes to the person who can absolutely complete on this in the time they say so don't disregard agents just deal with them in the correct way My second source of finding great deals. Now, some people probably disagree with me on this one, but it's auctions. You know, good old auctions. I still think there's deals to be had in good old auctions. Um, I don't believe it's as easy as it used to be when you could just go and pick up a deal, do a renovation, homes under the hammy jobby and make some money on it. I think you really need to now start thinking about the type of purchase you're going to get yourself into. You need to start thinking about possibly being a little bit more creative with the outcome from the deal. So it's not as easy as just going in, bang, 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 you've bought yourself a deal and off you go. Um, I tend to look for items in auction that are in proper, proper, proper residential areas that are very, very popular with families. At the moment, my strategy's kind of changed a little bit where I'm just looking for renovation jobbies where I can add value to a certain degree and possibly flip them or keep them. Now, you know, my friends at Savoy's would always kick me up the ass when I say I'm selling. So I tend to keep a lot of stuff when I have a conversation with them. But, you know, I'm always looking at a multiple exit strategy with this. So auctions, I'm looking at popular residential locations. Now, when I say popular, I mean areas where schools are popular. You've got an up and coming high street. You've got, you got surrounding areas that are very, very expensive. So my latest purchase was bought in a borough of East London, which is a very popular up-and-coming borough. But when you look at the boroughs around this one, this particular borough where this house is, property is selling for kind of, you know, maybe two, three hundred thousand pounds more than this one was purchased for. So that just shows you if somebody wants to be in one of these neighboring property, um, popular property boroughs but they can't afford it their next best thing is to move further afield and if you're the next council the next borough um 
down from the most popular one. Hopefully, you're going to get a kind of ricochet effect off of that. Now, before committing to anything like that, you know, it's all good. You can do your comparables online and have a look and say, okay, I'm buying for X, I'm going to spend X, and I'm going to make Y. I always say you need to get on and speak to the agents. Now, as good as online comparables are, when you're going through to an agent, an agent will have proper data in the sense that they will know Mary and Dave looking for a house. They will know this person's looking for a house. They're going to know the state of the market at that particular time of the year. You know, an agent's going to be able to tell you, James, you know what? Generally during this time of year, we've got 50 families looking and we've got 80 stock. But this particular time since COVID, you know, we've still got 50 families looking, but we've got more like eight houses in our stock. So, and they're, you know, that gives you kind of like a real good idea of how the market is and how competitive it could be when you put your mar- when you put your house on the market that generally it starts to be a competition amongst the buyers that are looking to buy it but you wouldn't have this information from online comparables online comparables are just going to show you price they're not going to give you a real life sense of what's going on the only way you're going to get that kind of ground information is from auctioneers now the other things you want to be looking out for auctions in auctions is um you know deals that people have probably disregarded because they think ah oh, this there's a legal technicality here or you know this doesn't really work because of this because of that now those deals can be very very good as well especially if they've already been through an auction once and you spot something again in a following month's auction or you see it later on in a different auction house now if you can overcome some of those legal issues or if you can overcome the problems that are being stated here or why you feel somebody may not be buying it, you could have a secret gem in a pile of other properties. You know, you may have spotted something that really does work for you, but it does require require some skills. It's going to require you speaking to your legal team. But if there's anything that's really off-putting to somebody and you can overcome that, chances are you can grab yourself a deal. The other things I really like seeing at auctions is uh, plots of land. Now, you can always pick up cheap plots of land. Now, providing you've done your homework on this land and providing there's some kind of potential of you getting planning, there's always that planning uplift angle. So where you could be buying something a lot cheaper than it's worth with planning, you could be putting planning on it. It's called planning uplift. And then you could be chucking it back through the auction again, this time round with permission to build a house on it. Or you just sell it on to somebody else on the open market. But look out for those land deals as well because there's a lot of things going on on those land deals. That's that's probably it for auctions for now. But the next one, which is pretty powerful, I find, is D2V. Now, D2V it can be very, very powerful, in fact, because you are actually physically finding a deal or finding a potential deal, writing to the owner of that property and trying to set up some kind of meeting so you can buy that property from them. Obviously at a reduced rate, but it's all how you come across and how you present the deal to them. Now, when I'm looking at D2V deals, which I do look at quite often, I use a software called Searchland. Searchland is a great piece of software. It's a bit like Nimbus, but I just prefer it. Um, then I'll start looking at potential areas where I've seen, say, back garden development happen or infill land development happen. I then start scouting those areas using their kind of 3D mapping system that they've got. I start walking the streets literally in the map and trying to find potential sites that are very, very similar. Similar sites that I could look at 
uh, similar sites where I could replicate what's been done. Now, if the precedence has already been set on the street where people have built, you know, garden, there's been garden infill or there's been side extensions or there's been certain things where people have added real value, then you know the chances are very high of you gaining something like that. But DTV really does require some patience. It's something that's not going to happen overnight. I would always say have that as a secondary strategy alongside another strategy because it's a slow burner. It's an absolute slow burner. The other thing where I've had really good DTV is where I know it might sound a little bit ruthless, but where there's old people, you know, where there's old people that are coming to end of life um, and they may not have any family. Uh, it's always very, very good to drop them a letter and then try and speak to them about purchasing the house once they've passed away and even setting up some some kind of agreement now where, you know, you could you could do a deal today and wait till they pass away until you completely take over the property. Now, there's a number of sites that I'm looking at at the moment where there's, you know, elderly people that don't have family. I know they don't have family because they live on my road and I do watch the houses to see what's going on, who's coming and going. And other than some carers, it's no one. So again, D2V on that angle of looking at people that may be coming to end of life or who are elderly and on their own is another potential um, avenue to go down. Now, I used to feel really bad, like kind of poaching these kind of people. But now I think to myself, do you know what? Why should I? Because I'm actually building, I'm sorry, I'm actually bringing something back to life. A lot of these houses are so far destroyed or the elderly person just doesn't have the money to kind of upkeep them, you know, to a certain standard. So um, you're going in and you're actually bringing this back to life and offering it out to a potential family if you're renting it or, you know, you're providing much needed housing in uh, in an area where there may not be housing. So in terms of D2V, that's another great option. I think one that I've seen pop up recently is um, campaigns, so Facebook Marketplace campaigns, sorry, not Facebook Marketplace, but Facebook campaigns where people have actually been setting up campaigns where they're looking for particular houses and targeting a particular road audience so they can purchase these houses uh, at a kind of at a great rate. So almost a bit like D2V, but it becomes more like kind of D2V or on, on, on a kind of social scene, you know, instead of writing a, uh, kind of writing a letter, you're actually trying to run an online campaign where you're trying to attract people towards your advert in the hopes that you might find someone who bites and wants to buy a property from you. So that's one that I've really not had much experience for at the moment, but I, from the people that I know that have ran campaigns on it, um, all it takes is one or two deals to come from it or such a solid lead that you know you can close them outside of the campaign. So I think with the new digital area, that's another area that people are uh, not looking into as much as they should do. The other one which has bad press sometimes is deal sourcers. Now, I do use a deal sourcer and he is a London-based deal sourcer and he is absolutely fantastic. But I have heard of some real horror stories with deal sourcers where they'll just bring you something that's listed on Rightmove and, you know, try to try to put a little bit on top of it with the hopes of, you know, you not finding out. So they do have a kind of some have a really good rep some have a really bad so just be careful of that i mean it's all about relationships and seeing the kind of deals that are dropping on your table from a deal sourcer but look if you're a busy individual if you've got various projects going on or if you've got a full-time corporate job 
a deal sourcer can be absolutely fantastic in finding your property. So it's not something that you should kind of not kind of uh, look into or be be kind of afraid afraid of doing from what I'm telling you. It, all it takes is one good deal sourcer to find you that right deal and you've you you know you you're well on your way to where you need to be with it. Lastly, I would say walking the streets. Now in your investment area, in your patch area, wherever you might be investing, it's very important to walk the streets. Now what I mean by that is walk the streets, have your eyes open, look for opportunities, see what's going on, read planning notices when they're up on a lamppost. Uh, speak to people in the area because getting out there talking to people and telling people what you do is 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 very very powerful because people remember it you know i often tell people that i create stunning homes and they're like huh what kind of job is that they're they're kind of inquisitive straight away so you can then strike off a conversation from there so it's very very important that you walk the streets and see if there's opportunities on your road within your investment patch or wherever you might be investing to try and see if you can muscle in on deals that haven't actually gone onto the market. And the only way you're going to do that is getting out there and keeping your eyes open and seeing what's going on in the actual area that you invest in. Um, Just to finish on this point, I would say the other thing you need to do is you need to tell everybody what you do. There's so many people that are quite nervous about telling people what they do. Now, I don't know why. If you're a full-time property investor or a developer, you want to tell people what you do. You know, on LinkedIn, you carry a job title. You'll tell people what you do, what you've done in the past, what your experience is. Why are you not doing that when you're in property? Why are you not getting out there talking to people and saying, hey, you know what? This is what I do. This is me. These are the kind of deals I'm involved in. And these are the kind of things I can do. If you're someone who's looking for investment as well, tell people you're looking for investment. Tell them these are the kind of returns you can give them because at the moment everybody's ears are pricked with the kind of prices you're getting with your savings in the bank. Um, I'm no financial expert, but you know I can only offer up my opinion here. But who wouldn't want to make some extra money on their money more than they're making at the bank? So very important to make sure wherever you go, you're telling people what you do so that they know who you are. And you'll be surprised when it comes to money or when it comes to making someone some money or when it comes to helping people grow their pot, people suddenly remember your name, your first name, your last name. They remember everything about you when there's money involved. So make sure wherever you go, you are telling people constantly about yourself, about what you do, the products you have, the things you get involved in, um, and, you know, grow your network through that way. So I hope... Today's podcast, which is only 30 minutes or sub 30 minutes, was useful. It was all about deal sourcing or finding deals where you find your potential deals and some examples of where I find my deals. Um, And you know what? Lastly, let me just add a little bonus for you. It's also very, very good to kind of go onto planning registers and see stuff that's been rejected. You know, go and have a look at your local planning register and see what's been rejected because Sometimes when things are rejected, especially small plots of land that have been rejected with planning, the person who owns it gets to a point where they're absolutely frustrated and they might sell it. Now, if you can see something in that planning that that person hasn't seen, you may just grab yourself a potential deal. The only way you're going to know that is to be regularly checking what planning is happening in your area or in your patch, what's been approved, what's not been approved, what's been referred so that you can kind of gauge on what's going on. Now, guys, I'm going to leave it there. You know, I can rabbit on all the time, but 
If you got value from this podcast, there's no fee for this podcast. We don't have no advertising on this podcast. All I ask you to do is get onto Apple Podcast and just leave me a review or jump onto the Facebook page and leave me a review. As always, if you've got any questions, I do run a 15-minute coaching session. It's an absolutely free 15 minutes. All you need to do is jump onto my Instagram. In the bio is a link to say, book a 15-minute call with James. And we can talk about whatever you like in that 15 minutes, as long as it's property, business, lifestyle related. Um, I'm not sitting there talking about dogs and cats. But yeah, there's a free 15 minute window where you can book some time with me if there's anything you want to discuss. And obviously after that, if you need some more time, do have one hour and two hour sessions, which again are available through the Instagram bio link. Guys, hope you got value from that. Again, just leave us a quick review. Share it if it's given you some value. Let other people know about it. And don't forget to register for the networking event on the 20th. Actually, no, you can't register for the 20th, but the one after that in November, the 11th. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to the J2 Hub podcast with James Sahota. If you like the podcast, feel free to subscribe so you never miss another podcast from James. And if you got value from this podcast, do take the time to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever else you consume your podcast content from. And remember, you're never too late to become something you truly want to become.